Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 237. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of the Lend at Fintech conference. Today's episode is sponsored by Lend at Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. It's happening on May 13th and 14th at the Javits Center in New York City. Lending and banking are converging, and Lend at Fintech immerses you in the most important trends of the day. Meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Lend at Fintech. Lending and banking connected. Go to lendit.com USA to register. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome back Scott Sanborn. He is the CEO of Lending Club, a company that I'm sure pretty much every listener knows quite well. But they've been in the news a lot lately with their acquisition of Radius Bank. And so I wanted to get Scott back on the show to go in depth about this acquisition, why they went and did it, how it all came together, you know, some of the background to it. We talk about all the different products that Radius Bank offers and how that's going to fit in with Lending Club going forward, talking about some of the banking offerings, uh, the banking as a service pieces. We talk about Scott's vision for what this new marketplace bank will look like, and that was super interesting. And uh, we talk about the timeline they've set forward, and finally, how the industry really should think about Lending Club going forward. It was a fascinating interview. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast, Scott. Thanks, Peter. Good to be here. Likewise. Let's just, before we get to the big news, which we're going to devote most of this uh, podcast to, I want to just maybe take a step back and give the listeners a little bit of you know, update on sort of on the core parts of your business. Uh, how, how's that been going? Yeah. So core business is doing great. We're executing very well against the plan we laid out at our investor day back in December of 2017. You know, we've regained market leadership and, and actually gained share throughout last year, put ourselves most importantly on the path to sustainable profit in Q4. We achieved a gap profitability just barely, uh, but an important milestone nonetheless. And mm-hmm. the first time uh, we've hit that since I became CEO and a, a very important prerequisite to becoming a bank. And we also achieved record customer satisfaction last year and are building a really important foundation for a lasting relationship and a lifetime relationship with the customer that our recent announcement fits perfectly into. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So we're recording this. Uh, it's February 25th today. It's a week since, uh, since you made the big news. I'm curious, before we dig into it, what, what's been the mood like inside the company over the last week? It's been electric. People are <laughs> extremely excited about the future we're building. And to have this, you know, we've obviously been public since after our Q1 earnings of last year about our intentions. And so yep. it's now real. And uh, especially the product and technology and uh, marketing folks are really, really looking forward to digging in on a, a new front You know mm-hmm. that we can innovate on behalf of the customers on. Uh, we, we, after every earnings call, I do a Ask God Anything session, which is kind of an open mic forum where people can ask questions and... Uh, 
let's just say it was a it was a packed house. Uh, <laughs> we went over time because people were uh, really enthusiastic, and everybody, of course, is uh, is eager to know how they can help and when we can get started. Right, right. I'm sure it's good to be back on offense again and in a big way. So that, that, that's great. So then, let's just maybe start with. Why did you decide to do an acquisition, let alone not just Radius Bank, but why did you decide to do an acquisition instead of pursuing a charter yourself? Yeah. So as you know, yeah, there's two paths here. One is a de novo application. The other is, is through acquisition. And, you know, we had always preferred the acquisition path because it, it de-risks execution and it accelerates your your accretion, right? And so what I mean by that, de-risking execution, you, you can imagine with the regulators, we clearly have a lot of experience on the lending side of the house, right? We've mm-hmm. been doing this first loan since 2007. We're doing it at scale with over 55 billion in, in loans issued lifetime to date, but we don't have experience on the deposit side of the house. So, and we don't have the systems, the processes, the people, to manage that. And and that makes, you know, kind of validating for regulators that you're going to be a responsible steward of those capabilities more challenging, right? As you know, there's only one fintech that's made it through that process mm-hmm. and it's been three and a half years. Uh, so we, we view this as really significantly accelerating the path and de-risking the path. And the other piece about acceleration is it's earnings acceleration, right? Because by acquiring a bank, you're acquiring, you know, a book of deposits, right? In the case of Radius, over a billion dollars in deposits. And you're acquiring a book of loans that are already earning net interest income. So that helps, you know, I won't make you an expert on bank accounting, but as you know, as you build a loan portfolio, especially under CECL, you need to take all of the loss reserves up front, mm-hmm. right? So that the gap financial picture early years is a little more challenging. And when you do an acquisition path, you're much more quickly accretive. So with that had always been our, our goal. We were scouring, but you know, finding the right partner uh, is the challenge. Uh, there's more than 6,000 banks in the U.S. Right. and you know, you got both practical and strategic consideration. You know, practically, somebody we can afford to buy that's for sale, that's willing to sell to a non-regulated institution, which you know bears thinking about, right? Because there's more risk in the transaction there for them, and certainly timeline at the very least. And you know, isn't bringing a legacy infrastructure. Uh, to the table, and then there's the strategic side, right? Is is this a, a is there a cultural fit here, and do they have, you know, the online deposit taking capabilities versus you know some kind of a branch infrastructure that you know, obviously wouldn't fit? Right. So you know, finding the right partner was was critical. Right. So then, when did you actually first start talking to to Radius Bank about this? Yeah, actually, over the summer, late summer, we started talking to them, and you know, the initial call was really about a partnership. Uh, we were evaluating partners. It's always been part of our vision to, you know, add a transaction account uh, for our customers. Mm-hmm. And you know, prior to to having a charter, we were looking at ways of developing one in partnership. And so our first conversation with them was to explore that idea. And CEO was on the phone. I was on the phone. And, you know, 
I would say <laughs> five minutes into the conversation, uh, when they, after they gave the intro to their company, we gave the intro to our company. It was, we both clearly had a, wow, should we be talking about something, something deeper here? Because right. it was so clear that we had separately built at scale, the two sides of a bank balance sheet, right? And mm-hmm. we had built deposits at scale and they had built online deposit taking at scale and putting those two things together is a one plus one equals three. Right, right. So, 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 so it's, it's fair to say that you, you know, you really, I mean, then obviously there are not many countries, not many, I wouldn't say there wouldn't be any banks quite like Radius Bank in, in this country. And I had, uh, you know, I had Mike Butler on my show just a couple of months ago and, um, you know, he, I think, I've really been impressed by by what they've been able to produce. So, so suffice to say, you really you took off the table then this sort of going to buy like a one branch community bank. It would have been a lot cheaper to go and buy you know, a one branch bank to get a to get a, a banking license in you know some small town in the middle of America. But it sounds like you took that off the table pretty quickly. Yeah, it goes back to that question of what what are we looking for, right? We're looking for somebody who's got the ability to take online deposits at scale and who would be excited about, you know, being part of Lending Club and building, you know, a major a major brand and business. And that's what Radius brought. You know, under Mike's leadership, they several years ago went through the process of closing down their branches yep. and investing in their online capabilities. Uh, and that's been where all their focus has been, just like all our focus has been on, you know, building out our lending capabilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. So, but when, when you look at Radius as business, though, they obviously have a, a much broader kind of product suite than, uh, than what, from what you've just talked about. I mean, they have, they have this sort of banking as a service part of their business. You know, I know that they, they've done, um, they've got Nerd Wallet. They're doing, I think, savings accounts for Nerd Wallet. They're doing, you know, bank accounts for, for Brex. And, you know, these are sort of pretty unrelated type offerings to what, to what Lending Club has today. I mean, was this, uh, I mean, how do you feel about that kind of part of their business? Is this something you want to, you want to adopt and grow or, or not? Yeah, so, you know, we are very excited about what they've built in on, you know, on the partnership uh, side of their business. It's, you know, they're bringing over a billion dollars in deposits. And, you know, just like in lending, having a diversified portfolio is important. Same thing's true in deposits. So these partnerships are an important part of their diversified deposit portfolio. And, you know, once we get through the, the nuts and bolts of the integration, uh, we think provide a real exciting potential for future growth and, you know, the ability for us to potentially provide some other services to those partners. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then what about, that, you know, that's, that, uh, Peter, that's why we're, you know, we're being, whenever we talk about this, we say, you know, we're going to be a marketplace bank, right? And right. this is all, all part of that, which, you know, really to just differentiate us from, you know, what people think of as the traditional banking model. Right. So maybe maybe just expand on that a little bit. So when you say a marketplace bank, do you mean like, uh, obviously you've got, you've got the marketplace lending operation, which, which I think everyone gets, but do you mean having a marketplace like Radius Bank has a marketplace where the, where they, 
for products that they don't offer directly, they, they, they have referral type programs. I mean, maybe you could just spend a minute just, just teasing out your vision of what the marketplace bank actually will look like. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple aspects to it. One is again, you know, on, on the lending side of the house, we believe the marketplace model has some really critical strategic advantages for the customer and by extension for the company, which is, you know, we're able to serve a very broad range of customers, right? That goes beyond what a, a traditional bank would do by virtue of the fact that, you know, there's a segment of customers that don't comfortably sit on a typical bank balance sheet due to their, their risk profile, but there are plenty of, of buyers for that asset. And so by being able to cover both high quality, let's call it, you know, traditional bank customers, as well as you know, still credit worthy, but higher risk customer segments that enables us to say yes to more, uh, makes our marketing much more efficient and, you know, really kind of drives the overall business model. So that that's on the lending side. The other concept of the marketplace on the lending side is, is we don't need to build every product ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we will have a customer relationship which will soon be enhanced by not only, you know, being able to extend credit in the form of unsecured lending or, or auto refinance, but also the ability to offer them a transaction uh, and or savings account. So we've got that. Then we'll have, you know, significant data on our customers. We'll understand their cash flow. We'll understand their credit history. And we'll understand their behavioral patterns and can we identify other opportunities for these customers to save uh, regardless of whether or not we manufacture those products, Mm -hmm. right? So if I see rates have gone down and I know somebody refinanced two years ago when rates were higher, well, shouldn't I, you know, shouldn't I prompt them that they can save off of their mortgage and can I, with their permission, uh, provide them a pre-approved offer from a partner uh, who we know will deliver on the experience. So that's all part of the vision for us of a marketplace bank is, you know, investing in areas that are strategic for us to really own the experience, but then integrating and partnering with others to add value to the customer uh, and not feel like we need to build it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. It reminds me um, actually of your, of your lended keynote, your first keynote as, uh, as CEO back in 2017, where I still remember this distinctly, where you, you sort of teased sort of the, the audience about becoming sort of the Amazon. I think, I think you use the Amazon analogy directly saying the Amazon of financial services. I mean, is that, is that really what your, it sounds like that's what you're talking about here. It is. And, you know, we are making progress towards that vision. As as you know, last year, we integrated with several partners on the small business side mm-hmm. um, to do to do just this, right, which is uh, we're working with Opportunity Fund and Funding Circle to enable customers who are coming to us organically, right, just because they know the brand and potentially have experienced the brand as a consumer, but also might have just heard of us through, you know, you uh, or other places in the media or word of mouth. And we are enabling them to get connected to 
you know, credit uh, at a, you know, fair and transparent and a fair and transparent process. Mm-hmm. And these aren't product. It's not a product that we're manufacturing. So we're already building towards that vision. Right. And then what about the products that, that Radius is manufacturing? Like when, when I talked with Mike, he mentioned, you know, equipment finance, you know, SBA loans. Uh, like, would, would you continue those kinds of products as in having them manufacture in-house? Yeah, as, as I mentioned before, kind of having a diverse portfolio in lending is a good thing. And them bringing a portfolio of of loans while at a you know significantly smaller scale, obviously, than what Lending Club is producing is part of what enables this deal to pay for itself within two years. Mm-hmm. Certain of those portfolios, we think we can even turbocharge. For example, the SBA loans make perfect sense as part of our current portfolio where people are coming to us looking for small business loans and we're working with partners, the SBA pro- uh, product would be something that we could click right into that. Right, right. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. So then, you know, if if we fast forward, you know, you said 12 to 15 months, you said on the earnings call. And, you know, if we fast forward 15 months, I mean, when this is all said and done, what are you kind of, what are you most excited about offering? I mean, what, what can we expect to see, you know, first uh, as you as you kind of integrate what new products yeah so the number the number one thing we are really excited to get to work on is a uniquely lending club uh, checking account transaction account for mm-hmm. the customers we're right now as you know we help people pay less when they're borrowing money what we want to do is help them earn more when saving and and really create an integrated experience that goes after you know some of the fundamentally broken things in the current banking experience right for example a significant percentage of lending club customers today get hit with overdraft fees and the average customer that gets hit with an overdraft fee actually gets hit with it three or four times in a year mm-hmm. i think you know how those things work they're not considered loans if they were they would be at usurious interest rates you know you're paying you you, you write a 30 dollar check and you pay a 35 dollar overdraft fee we look at that and say well can't we use the tools available to us today both a combination of artificial intelligence to do some predictive modeling on behalf of consumers to say, hey, you've got some bills coming up, your account's getting low, you got to be thoughtful about the payments that are due at this time. And if the uh, customer doesn't have a choice, extending fair and reasonable credit seamlessly as part of the actual integrated account experience for them. Mm-hmm. So that's something we are super excited to go after. It really gives us a reason to have um, a mobile experience, to have an experience that's high engagement. Our customers want this from us. You know, we did a survey of our customer base and 90% of them said that they would consider a lending club account and 36% of them said, you know, I'd just do it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I I think, you know, we rolled out... uh, late last year in beta, a credit health tool for customers. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing really high adoption of that as well. You know, people are saying they, they trust Lending Club, we've helped them save money. And this idea that we can, you know, kind of have a, a product and have a, a business where the interests of the customer are aligned with the interests of the company. And when we win, they win is something that is super exciting for everybody here. 
Interesting. So it's one of those, another question I was going to ask about the financial health piece. So I know you've been, you've been pushing that message for some time now. And so it sounds like what you're saying is that the new products that you launch as a result of this, uh, of this merger, uh, you're going to have new, um, you know, this is financial health is going to be sort of a, is that going to be the backbone of, of, you know, the thing that ties it all together? I, I take it. I mean, is that, is that how you're thinking about it? Yeah, that's right. We're we're going to make this a really integrated experience and you can think about a couple things we've been talking about for a while all coming together. One is, you know, really investing in this idea of club membership that once you've come to us the first time and, you know, we have underwritten you and you've successfully paid off the loan. How do we make any subsequent experience you have with us in lending really, really seamless? So last year we got to a one-click offer for you when you come back. So no need to fill out another application and you know, you know, have us treat you like a stranger. We treat you like you know a member of the club. This year we're going to get to uh, a one-click uh, loan. Uh, by using the data that we have to enable really, really, you know, our goal is to make it as easy to get an unsecured personal loan as it is to swipe your credit card. Uh, but obviously, uh, to be giving you a superior product at a lower fixed rate versus a card. So that'll be one aspect of it. The second is continuing to invest in this credit health tool that helps people understand where they are and how the actions they're taking are actually um, most directly affecting their eligibility and their cost of credit. It's something we internally call do this, get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're building this experience where we're tracking all your cards, we're tracking your credit, and we can tell you, hey, the problem is your utilization's getting high because you're putting it all on this one card. You either need to raise the limit on that card or you know, um, spread it out amongst your cards. Those kinds of things that will help you uh, manage your credit specifically your cost of credit and your eligibility. And then the third is going to be a new, you know, a new tool available to us, which is being able to help you manage your cash flow and actually manage your, your spending so that we can help you save more in your checking and savings account. Mm-hmm. That'll be the new front. And so the goal is to have all of these three upon approval come together into a really unified experience. So does that mean you you would offer a lending club credit card at some point? Um, I don't see that on the near term horizon. I do think there is, uh, you know, there is a way to offer a credit card that is on brand for lending club, right? Where right. you are being rewarded for your good behavior. But, you know, that is not something we're focused on near term right now. You know, our near term focus is this is these kind of three pillars that I just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously bank readiness, just making sure we are ready to really hit the ground running uh, so that post approval, we have the ability to issue our own loans, gather our own deposits, deploy uh, a subset of those deposits into loans and really take the customer experience to the next level. Right, right. Okay, so you know, I, I read recently you, you you crossed I think three million borrowers now, so you've got a you've got a very large customer base uh, there. But I actually want to talk about the individual investor who, obviously, the numbers are much less than that. But you know, obviously, I'm I'm one of those. I've been an individual investor now for boy, coming up on it's going to be eleven years pretty soon. But uh, thank you, Peter. <laughs> you're welcome. So, what are the future plans for for that sort of subset of the the lending club memberships, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, we view 
kind of the the retail investor as sort of the you know pinnacle of a successful journey for the customer right if you come to us to get savings off of your cost of debt you open a lending club checking account we help you actually generate real savings in the form of your own kind of cushion so that you don't need to turn to debt uh, if there's an interruption in your cash flow or an unexpected expense. And then from there, the ability to uh, pay it forward and, you know, support other uh, American consumers who, you know, were where you were however many years ago and also earn a compelling return. So we think as part of our overall arc of the customer journey, uh, the retail investor is an important part of it. We look forward to being able to evolve that experience under the bank charter frame. I mean, I think you can imagine a world where you've got a lending club retail investor account and it's linked to a card and you could set up how much you want to invest, how much you want to keep in cash. And, you know, you have the ability to use that at ATMs. That would be an example of something that uh, we could do in the future. Right. So, so from what I, what you're saying, I mean, obviously, you, know, you look at your filings, and the you know the the, the self managed individual investor is becoming you know a smaller percentage as you grow, but it sounds like you're still committed to to maintaining and uh, and potentially improving the offerings there. Yes, this will give us new opportunities to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I look forward to that. Okay. So then. You know, you've, you've got this timeline you know, that you've laid out there. I'm curious about what are some of the, you know, the near term targets that you are looking to hit to make sure that you, uh, that you maintain. Obviously, you've, you've been talking to the regulators, I imagine, um, for, for a long time, but what are, what are some of the things that uh, are coming up on that timeline? Yeah. So. Correct. Uh, we've been engaged with the regulators for, for more than a year now and. Uh, the the important thing is we now feel like we're at a place where we're ready for this next phase. You know, if you go back a year, one of the, you know, as I shared with you, the question was, okay, do you, does Lending Club know how to manage credit? You know, check. Does Lending Club, is Lending Club profitable? That was an X a year ago. We're now profitable. That's a check. So one of the things we need to do now is maintain profitability. That's, that'll be a key thing. And that's a, you know, core focus of us this year is, is maintaining that. You know, next is the funding club know how to manage deposits. Now, now with the acquisition of Radius, uh, the answer to that is again a, a check. And so, the process we need to go through now is essentially, you know, get regulatory feedback on all of our, you know, across the board, uh, people, processes, tools, systems, our business plan. All of those, you know, process that feedback from the regulators, revise, you know, and remediate anything that uh, they've identified on our behalf and incorporate that and then, you know, eventually submit a formal uh, and that'll be a public application that will come later in the process. And, you know, that, that submission of the formal application will be something that, you know, will indicate, you know, that we're kind of through the process of remediation. Mm-hmm. But I guess imagine it's fair to say that you you had conversations with the regulators, you know, before before you were you, you came and you made this public announcement. So, I mean, what what were those conversations like? Uh, you know, the conversations have been incredibly constructive, really constructive, and you know, we're trying to do something that hasn't been done before. It's not yeah. every day that a company doing. 
12 billion in loans uh, acquires a directly supervised institution. So, you know, the conversations have been, okay, what do we need to do to, you know, essentially get uh, the regulators comfortable with the frameworks that we have in place and, and how do we need to, you know, ready ourselves for the process we're about to go through. But they've been very constructive and, and very frequent. And, you know, we're, we're, we're feeling, uh, you know, a high degree of engagement uh, on the part of the regulators, and we're looking forward to working with them collaboratively as we go through this process. Right, right. And it is, I mean, it is good. I, I mean, I, I just was, I was listening to a podcast on the weekend with Joanne Barefoot. She had Yelena McWilliams on the head of the FDIC. And, you know, I just was struck by how much she wants to promote you know, innovation and, uh, and new ways of doing things and sort of doing away with a lot of the sacred cows at the FDIC that, um, I, I feel when I was reading that, when I was listening to that and thinking about what you guys are doing, I feel like I feel optimistic that, um, and I imagine, I imagine you do too about the fact that the regulators are, you know, are not throwing up, you know, uh, hurdles against you. I know the Varro had obviously had a really, really long time before they were able to get a, a approval, complete, complete approval there. But I mean, I, I imagine, I mean, I, even the OCC, obviously they tried with the FinTech charter. Um, that didn't, uh, that's sort of in limbo now, but you, know, you can maybe give us your sense too, that the regulators really want to say yes. Whereas before I feel like they wanted to say no. I think there is a recognition that, you know, there is, a lot of benefit that a company like Lending Club brings to the system, right? We've mm-hmm. uh, been demonstrated in, in some studies by the Federal Reserve that we're making credit more affordable, we're making credit more accessible. We've reached a scale at which you know it makes sense for us to be directly supervised. And as a result of that scale and the unique aspect of our model in which we're partnering with so many banks, We've built so much of the systems and processes, and I've hired so many of the people that you would expect to see in a bank that it that it just makes sense. And I, and I think that that desire, you're not only hearing the top uh, where the tone is being set, but I, we feel that throughout the whole organization. You know, that said, it is an awesome responsibility that, you know, comes with a bank charter. So, you know, real work needs to be done to, to validate that an organization is prepared for the responsibility that, you know, they're about to be granted. So there is, you know, there is real work that needs to be done. And not everyone is going to be be ready. You know, I, I, I look to, so, you know, I think we are really uniquely positioned given, you know, the, the length of time we've been in business, the scale we're operating and, you know, the, the nature of our banking relationships that has required us to build out these, these capabilities. You know, I think when you look in other markets, there's certainly some interesting models. You, you've probably seen what Singapore did with, you know, these bank charters that kind of they have levels of charter that they mm-hmm. grant. And they're trying to make it possible for new entrants to come in and gradually move up uh, in terms of the capabilities they get and also the leeway they have to operate. I think, you know, there's some interesting models there. I think lacking that, you know, for most companies, it is a it is a a difficult path to 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 get down. 
And, you know, there, there are only a few companies, I think, that really are ready to do that. And I do believe we're one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Okay, we're just about out of time, but um, one question before I let you go. And you know, when we, we look at Lending Club's position in the industry, and you've had a, a leadership position and a very clear, clearly defined leadership position for you know for, for many years. But this kind of you know, this this move is is something that's that is going to reposition yourself. And I just maybe you can share with the audience how how the fintech industry should really think about Lending Club going forward. Yeah, I mean, we, we will continue to stand apart. You know, we're going to have a new peer set that we're amongst, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to look like, like they do, right? We're going to be faster growing, high margin, and again, have a business model in which, you know, the success of the company is really aligned with the success of the customer. And we're looking forward to bringing that same, you know, uh, innovation and customer centric uh, product development to the deposit checking and transaction side of the house that we brought to the lending side of the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, good luck with everything, Scott. I'm sure it's going to be a, a fascinating journey over the next uh, 12 to 15 months, and we'll be all paying attention. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, and best of luck. All right. Thanks, Peter. Watch this space. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, see ya. You know, I have to admit, when, uh, when I first heard the rumors that Lending Club was acquiring a bank, you know, I didn't immediately think of Radius Bank. I, I clearly should have because I feel like they really are a great fit. And, you know, I, I'm excited for Lending Club and what it means, I think, for fintech. This is the first of its kind to having a, someone who's really become a, a, an established lender, in fact, the largest personal loan lender in the country. Going down that route before becoming a bank is has never been done before and it's uh, it's going to be super interesting to see how it all plays out. I think this is not going to be the last uh, of this kind of uh, acquisition that we'll see in this industry, but you know, I, I think everyone is going to be watching closely to see how the acquisition goes, how the regulatory approvals go, and uh, what what comes out of it. And as Scott said, it's uh, you know, there's really uh, it's an exciting time. There's a lot of things that uh, they can do with this. Anyway, on that note, before I sign off, you'll be able to hear more about this at Lendit Fintech USA, where Scott Sanborn will be a keynote speaker on our opening morning. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's episode was sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA, the world's largest fintech event dedicated to lending and digital banking. It's happening on May 13th and 14th at the Javits Center in New York City. Lending and banking are converging, and Lendit Fintech immerses you in the most important trends of the day. Meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. Lendit Fintech, lending and banking connected. Go to lendit.com slash USA to register.